this time of year is a festive season, right? Full of wild parties. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's heresy, Hayden. <laughs> uh, Joel's away. <laughs> it's different now. <laughs> This season, this season should be a season full of wonder. The creator of the universe enters earth to put on flesh and bones to feel emotion and heartache and sadness and tiredness to experience all the hardship that we too experience for you. He did it all for you. If it was just you alone, he would have done it all for you. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. In a world full of hyperbole, I'm guilty of it. In a world full of overwhelming amazement, it's incredible, isn't it, that we actually get a little numb to the wonder. So yeah, Jesus came to earth. We've lost our wonder. We've lost our joy because it often can be a season where it's become about something else. All the other stuff. The to-do lists, the presents, the, the food, the holidays, the organising, organising, organising. It can lose its wonder. We can become a little numb to it all. Uh, just three weeks ago, I was sitting at the table with my wife, Kirsten. She had one of those clarifying conversations with me. I'm the man in our house, just to let you know. When she lets me wear the pants. And she said, Hayden, Hayden, you're, you're just not here. You're not here. Babe, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm here. She's like, you're not here. I don't know if you've ever driven somewhere and you have arrived at the destination, but you weren't sure how you got there. That's been a lot of me lately. And I've got to be honest that in my own faith, if I look at it, it's lost some of its wonder. It's lost some of that first love. It's lost some of that thing called joy. I've lost some of that. And I woke up this morning and I thought, oh, I've got to come and speak on, I get to, I've got to, I should do, I need to, come and speak to you all about joy. I was like, really? Oh, joy can be so elusive. It's been elusive for me lately. There's been a great contrast in our house. We bought a dog. <laughs> His name's Rufus. He's a cavapuchon. Yeah. Very manly dog. Great for walking past building sites. A lot of respect.
This little dog has a lot of joy. It's confronting. When his master comes home, which is not me, (laughs) when my wife comes home, he is ridiculous. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I was going to reenact it, is it right? She'll have only left for five minutes. (laughs) Same thing. But it's interesting because as I look at their relationship develop, there's a great joy in my wife and the response of the dog, of Rufus. That as this dog expresses joy, love, a sense of wonder at at, at his master, there's a response. And there's a response of my wife to Rufus. There's, there's love and there's endearment and then there's joy. And what am I? <laughs> Left out. <laughs> you can tell it's a point of resentment. I'm getting prayer for it. Uh, <laughs> and Matthew... Two, after they had heard the king, this is the Magi, the wise men, some would say the kings, after they had heard the king, King Herod, who tried to trick them and manipulate them and deceive the wise men into telling him where Jesus was so he could destroy him. The Magi, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped. They were following a star. They were looking for a sign. They'd been looking. They'd been searching. They were seeking for a sign of the coming Messiah that they'd heard about for hundreds and hundreds of years that the prophet Micah and the prophet Isaiah had talked about was coming. He's coming. He's coming. And they were looking and they were looking and they were searching and they were seeking Some would say they were astrologers waiting for the sign. And they found the sign and it was a star. They went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming up to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped a child. And then they opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, which represent what some theologians would say is kingship, healing. And myrrh was to embalm people for when they died to to represent that this child was going to die for all of humanity. The wonder of the story The wonder of the story filled these men with great joy. And as I look at my own life and consider my own life, and as I perhaps consider the lives of 
good, faithful, honest followers of Jesus, a community of followers of Jesus, there's like this incongruency sometimes, I think. There's this, there's this gap between the wonder, the joy, and what we experience and what will be true of our lives. That oftentimes the last thing we truly experience is joy. And yet when you read through the Scripture, when you read through the New Testament, it says 78 times to rejoice. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord, always rejoice, is to show great joy, to express great joy, to celebrate, to exude joy. Rejoice, 78 times. And yet there's this massive disconnect. It's like, what is going on here? Why, why do we not experience the fullness of the joy, the wonder of what's happening in this season? Why do we often feel like we're back here, perhaps trapped, perhaps a little shut down, perhaps a little caught in our own lives, perhaps a little introspective, perhaps a little suppressed? Why is there this gap? We know what it should look like, but yet it often doesn't feel like that. We had a blockage in our house and the plumbing. I called a friend, his name's Paul, he's a plumber. And we began digging and I sort of told him, advised him what to do on. I was directing proceedings. And as we were going about digging this drain, he found the blockage and then he, and then he said, hey look, this, this pipe here is actually full of asbestos. Oh yeah, yep, okay, asbestos. He said, this asbestos is so poisonous. It's so poisonous, so what we need to do is we actually need to dig a really deep hole and bury it down in the hole. So okay, so we start digging and we bury the hole. And, and then he began to explain what asbestos is. He said, asbestos works like this. It, it's found in lots of plastics and concrete and materials. And, and, and asbestos, it, if, if, you, if you breathe it in, what happens is as you breathe that asbestos in, there's microfibers of asbestos that get into your lungs. And as the asbestos gets into your lung, what happens is your lung heals over that microfiber. And so that over time, what happens is you lose capacity in your lungs and you begin to lose the capacity to breathe. And that eventually what happens is you've had too much asbestos uh, exposure, what happens is you end up not being able to breathe at all, and often you either die of cancer or you die of the inability to breathe. And I want to say this morning that what breathing is to the lungs, what breathing is to our bodies, is actually what joy is to our faith. That without great joy, without rejoicing, without expressing joy, our faith will eventually die. That our faith is, is, is so interconnected with joy that, that in order to have faith, we must have joy. In order to have joy, we need to have faith. But the, the, the brothers, <laughs> they're really close friends, inseparable. <laughs> they're twins. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> our faith needs to look like something but it also needs something, and that is joy. 
78 times it says rejoice. But man, it's so interesting because so often I feel like we get suppressed, pulled down, trapped. Uh, like we get so self-conscious about expressing joy. There's many barriers that come against us from fully experiencing the joy that God has for us. Nehemiah 8.10, it says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Without joy, you cannot do this, this journey of faith. But so often I just think there's, there's things that, that, that just stop the joy from happening. We, we, we get our joy stolen, things like unforgiveness, things like bitterness, things like cynicalness, things like being a Kiwi bloke, stoicism. We, 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 we don't want to express too much joy because if we do, we could look a bit silly, Right? I don't know about you, but times where I see people expressing full of joy, it can look a little over the top. So these people dancing up the front, it's a little over the top. <laughs> you know, it can look it can a little, like we can be so reserved, right? We can be so self-conscious. We can be so like caught in ourselves that we don't want to be too much of something because we might look a little ignorant or perhaps we might look a little crazy or perhaps we might just look a little undistinguished. And I want to say today that our joy is so important to our faith that our joy actually needs to be expressed in such a way that it would cause life to be brought into our faith. Because if we don't express it, it's not actually joy. You, 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 it's, it's, like, it's like thankfulness. Thankfulness unexpressed is not thankfulness. Joy unexpressed is not actually joy. Now here's the great tension, right? Is that there is a tension. As I drink a little bit of water, just to let you off the tension for a moment. There's a tension. Because here's the thing. Do you rejoice yourself into joy? Or do you joy yourself into rejoicing? Does that even make sense? <laughs> do, do, you, do you rejoice yourself? Do you, do you rejoice into a place of joy? Or do you experience joy and therefore rejoice? There's this great tension. It's like, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it, is it, do you experience thankfulness and then be thankful? Or do you start with being thankful and then you will be thankful? Experience thankfulness. And so I want to say this morning that God not only wants to see you full with joy, but He actually wants us to express that joy regardless of what's going on for you. In Revelations 3, verse 15, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. It's confronting. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. 
The gold John's talking about, this writer, is not gold in the literal sense. It's the metaphorical gold of the kingdom of God, of Jesus. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And anoint, anointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Man, that is a challenging word. Hayden, turn from your indifference. Turn from your introspection. Turn from your unforgiveness. Turn from your hurts. Turn from your shame. Turn from the things that are suppressing you from being red hot. And I want to say this morning that no matter where you're at in your faith, He wants to see us red hot for Him. Red hot for Jesus. Not just like, yeah, I'm sort of, I'm sort of there. But red hot, because when, I, when you consider the story of the Magi, when they saw the wonder of Jesus coming to earth, there was a response. They were filled with joy, but out of that, it says that they bowed down and they worshipped a child. They bowed down and worshipped the baby. There was a humility that took place, this great transaction between God and earth and these magi men was that they humbled themselves. They bowed down. C.S. Lewis says it like this about pride, the thing that stops us from humbling ourselves. C.S. Lewis says, a proud man is always looking down. A proud person is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. These magi, they humbled themselves. They were prepared to be a little undistinguished. They were prepared to be a little out there. They bowed down and they worshipped. And I think in this season, there's a great challenge. There's a great invitation for us to fully express our praise because of God sending His Son Jesus to earth, that we get to praise Him for that now. It wasn't just for back then, it's also for now. That we get to bow down, we get to humble ourselves and say, God, You're the boss, You take the reins, I surrender. That we actually get to bow down and put Him in His rightful place and praise Him. We get to do that today. We get to be overwhelmingly filled with joy. Other translations say that the Magi, they shouted for joy. And I just think, what would it look like for us this morning to actually express our wonder of what that truly means for us? I'm going to invite the team up, the worship team. I was talking to a friend this week and he, he said he was getting very annoyed with his neighbour. For many, many weeks, his neighbour had not bothered to mow his lawn. Terrible neighbour. I don't know if you got one like that. Didn't mow his lawn. His grass had grown really high. He had lots of dogs. The dogs defecated all over the yard. Ugh, dogs. 
And he was just, he was getting agitated with this guy. And he just, every time he'd drive past and park his car, he'd be like, oh man, that neighbor. And, and then one day as he was driving past this neighbor, he felt like that still small voice of God say, you should clean up that yard. You should fix it up for him. He's like, no, that can't be God. That can't be God. That thought wouldn't leave him. And then so he, he went over to the neighbour and asked if he could clean up the yard and the, the neighbour was indifferent. He didn't care. But then he said, we know what of God, if you said that I'm to clean this yard, then I'll clean it. And then he said, as he began to clean this yard, as he began to mow the lawns and pick up the feces with his plastic bag and throw it over into his own yard, he said, Jesus, this is for you. Jesus, I humble myself. This is for you because of what you've done. And he said it was interesting because as he went through this process of cleaning up his neighbor's yard, he said that he began to be filled with joy. Beforehand, no joy. So I don't want to do it. But then as he began to humble himself and, and take himself off a pedestal and allow Jesus to move through him, he was overflowing with joy. He said, I was so full with joy. I said, we should do it again. <laughs> but I just think that's a beautiful picture of what it looks like in this season to go, you know what? God, if you sent your son to earth for me, then I'm gonna live in wonder and I'm gonna worship you and I'm gonna humble myself and I'm gonna put you in your rightful place.